Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to the City Light Church podcast. We're so honored you've joined us. We hope that today's podcast brings you hope, encouragement, and most of all, adds value to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. We long to see people grow from where they are closer to where God desires them to be, and it's our hope that this podcast is an essential element in that process for you. So grab a pen, your Bible, and a journal, and let's dive into today's message. Hey man, I, I have this, and you know this, I, I definitely don't ever want to be in the um, position where I'm, I'm called Islamic-phobe. Um, I am scared of the ideology of Islam, but not the people, if that makes any, any sense. So there are some precious, precious people in our community um, who are Muslim, and thank you, Corey, your place in heaven will always be secure. <laughs> Amen. Because of what Jesus did, amen. <laughs> Praise God, that was, that is living water right there. I, I don't, they're, they're precious people. And you know, our, our, our mandate from our king who sent us forth is to bring the domain of heaven down to earth. And that looks like first the peace of God that passes all understanding guards our hearts and our minds and our strength. So we live with this peace around us that people come into our 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 if you will our our uh, our zone and our our community they come near to us and they sense something about us and it's not necessarily our culture it's not necessarily uh, uh you know how we dress or what have you but they sense the peace it's the peace that they first recognize and it touches their life and they want that and, and they long for that, but they don't know who it is or what it is or how you got it or how to get it. But that's what they experience. And so we have this mandate from our king to come into the, to this community. And just like in the garden and just like purchasing, because all these things are about propelling the message and the mission forward, we have a mandate to bring the peace of God into this arena. Well, Christians have this mandate all over the world. And so... All over the world, brothers and sisters in our faith are going through different circumstances. So in Ocala, the Christians are going through normal life difficulties. It's normal. Stuff that we go through is, is what uh, most of our parents and grandparents dealt with. Uh, it is the trial and tribulation of the world we live in. It may be traffic on Highway 200. It, it may be... You know, the hot water heater went out. It may be all these things. I have some friends not here in Ocala. I talk to them on the phone. And when we talk, I call it rich people problems. When I say, hey, man, the hot water heater went out. Oh, you're having rich people problems. And the, the concept is all over the world, there are a lot of people that don't know what it means to have a hot water heater go out. My aunt used to call it a cold water heater. She says, I don't need a hot water heater. I need a cold water. I got cold water. I need it heated. Our cold water heater went out, right? Well, most of the world, that's what they, they know is cold water. And, and so it's rich world problems. But we fail to understand sometimes because we get our heads so buried into our culture and the day-to-day -day routine that we have brothers and sisters in our church. Like, like, think about this. These are real people that sit in churches like this, um, whether it's a house church or whether it's a mass assembly like this of a few hundred people, there's people that sit down and they worship Jesus. And we fail to understand that in many parts of the world, that will get you 
persecuted. And so in October, there were uh, five Christians in the name of Jihad, in the name of Allah, who were attacked. I'm sorry, there were uh, 11 uh, attacks. There were le I'm, I'm so sorry. There were five attacks, 11 people killed. 11 Christians killed. These weren't. In fact, www.thereligionofpeace.com. I think I misquoted that last week. It's thereligionofpeace.com. Um, I go through this and I look at a lot of them, but I'm specifically looking at attacks on Christians. On October 8th, a Muslim mob shoots two Christian brothers to death in Pakistan. On the 11th, a Baptist pastor is among two murdered by Muslim militants in Nigeria. In England, a Muslim terrorist uh, with a migrant background stabs a conservative politician to death at a church. In Nigeria, four people died. Muslim attacked a Christian village and killed four residents. And then again in Nigeria, Muslims uh, attack worshipers at a Baptist church, killing two in a different part of Nigeria. And those were just in October and just on Christians. Uh, there were actually a total of jihad attacks, 31, 218 people killed, 121 injured, in one suicide blast spanning 13 countries. And this year, America's been in that twice where we've had attacks, Islamic attacks, though CNN's not going to tell you a lot about that. Because there's an agenda, because there's things going on in our world that if we keep our head down, we will not be privy to and it will go by us without us recognizing what's happening. The bottom line is, we don't actually know in North Korea how many Christians are being executed for their faith. And then there's the rest of the world where there are Christians who are persecuted, maybe not killed, but persecuted. There are people that for their faith, because I'm going to get on something controversial, and, and please, I'm just, I'm just telling you some of the stuff that I deal with. There are Christians who have problems with uh, some of the things put into the vaccine. And because of that, they're struggling with receiving it. They're, they're in, the, in the midst of losing their job. And so my, when I hear that, my thought pattern is never to instruct them or to teach them or to give them some of my lightning flash intellect, which... You know, I just get a pop every now and then. I used to have lots of brilliant flashes. Just get a few every now and then. But I don't, I don't really have that. I, my my go-to is to have compassion on people. Because if I was in that situation, I'm just perplexed with the decision to be made. How difficult is that? And men that I know who are being put in positions to make decisions, not over the vaccine, but that are not necessarily ethical. And they, they struggle with it. The morality of, of a decision that surrounds for their business, what they're being asked to do and what have you, they stress over that. You know, it's, it's, uh, there are guys sitting in here I could point to that work here in the local government and, and um, in, our, in our first responders and in our, in our government who get put in very difficult situations 
And it is a moment in time where you stand and you make a decision. Will I do what I feel the Word of God and the Spirit of God is impressing upon me to do? Or will I do what is easy and right in my own mind or in the minds of those around me? The prophet Isaiah, Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah quite a bit too, and he said in verse 10 of 29, These people approach me with their speech is to honor me with their lip service, yet their hearts are far from me. And human rules direct the worship of me. So Isaiah is prophesying the words of the Lord, and he's saying, These people, we would say it like this, You people, or those people, you know what I mean, right? That's what Isaiah is saying. These people approach me. They have a word on their lips of worship. Sometimes we think worship is just a song, and that, and that is. Um, but in our world, when we say worship, we always say um, team behind it, or band, the worship band, the worship team, which, by the way, my goodness... The worship is getting deeper and deeper in this place. It is powerful. But, but that, is, that is one form of worship, is our, our singing. Another form of worship is when you're on the job and somebody asks of you and you want to give an answer. Is your answer laden with the Word of God? Is it wrapped up? Is it secure in the Scriptures? Or is it... Maybe, sometimes, it's not always, but sometimes it's political or it's of the society of the moment they stand in. And, and, and so it appeases the ears of some. And, or is it wrapped up in that? And so we have this worship that comes off of our lips in song, but also in word and the way we speak. But it's also in actions. It's worship is taking my livelihood and then going to someone who's in need and using my livelihood or skills to bless them or my abilities to bless them. Worship is uh, what they are doing right now in CLK. It is taking time to declare the word of the Lord over children and, and CLK 1 and pray over babies. That's worship. Amen. Worship is when you stick a sign in your front yard that says Emmanuel or, or Jesus. And you worship him. You, you tell people. You propagate the message. Worship is, is going to church in the garden the Saturday after Thanksgiving and bringing a pot of sweet potatoes or whatever and, and sharing it and making a friend that the next time when you have an abundance of God overflowing and it's time to take a few sweaters out Right? Take a few jeans out. Take a few shirts or dresses out and bless somebody. You, well, I guess I'll just take them to Goodwill. Well, maybe if you had made a friend, you have somebody to go enrich their life and not just some goods to them, but to bring them to your house and share a meal with them and to encourage them and to pray for them. That's worship. It really is. I count myself so blessed to know people who... When, when I have something of a, abundance, I can take to them. Whether it's food or clothing or whatever it is. Or sometimes it's just items that they can sell and put some cash in their pocket. Worship looks different. It's not just what we say. It's not just what we sing. 
It's what we do. It's, it's our very actions. Samuel, a prophet in the Old Testament, which, by the way, if you don't read the Old Testament, it's your family heritage. It's like saying, well, I'm not going to talk to Grandma and Grandpa because I don't care about anything that happened before me. It's kind of silly, but a lot of us do that in Christendom. We don't read the Old Testament. We don't see its relevance. Oh, but it's all going back there. It started there, and it's coming back. It's heading back. I'm going to show you this. But Samuel, the prophet, um, God told him to go to the king, Saul, at the time, and, and basically, uh, you know, get on to him. Say, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? The Lord was furious. And Samuel went to Saul and said, Why have you violated the word of the Lord? And Saul says, What do you mean? I've done what the Lord said. I did. He, he told me to, to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And I did. And Samuel says, Then what is this famous uh, the King James Version? What is this bleeding of sheep in my ear? When God said, utterly destroy everything, he meant everything. Now, some of you are taken back when we read Old Testament, and you, you really don't have that full-bred concept of, of law and judgment, and so you're going, ah, oh, not my God. But these were trespassers in a land, and they had been warned clearly to leave, and they weren't attacked in the middle of the night, some innocent folks, these were people who were violating the word of the Lord. They had been told there'd be an ample time to move and leave, and they were resisting God's people. They were resisting the, the Jewish people establishing this homeland that was given to them. They were marauders in the land. They were not a nation. There was no Palestinians. Help me, somebody. How many of you work in an industry where there is common knowledge but in the public, they have a different concept. And no matter how many people you try to tell truth to, the public concept just seems to rule. And you're just like, I'm, I'm about tired of saying this. I'm trying to tell you guys over and over. And so these Amalekites were not. And he kept King Ahag and he kept some of the choice animals, brought them back. And, uh, and, and Samuel says, then what is all this? And he says, whoa, 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 whoa. Now listen, I had, I had a plan. I had a plan, Tammy. God has a way, but you, you, we had other ways. I could have done it better, God. The Lord provoked me to preach on sin the last few weeks. You remember I told you last week, I instructed the Lord and said, Lord, this is not how you build churches. <laughs> Preaching on sin. The Lord is correct, right? He says, no, but it's how you build men. It's how you build a church. It's how you build people. He says, uh, I, I, was, I had a plan. I was going to sacrifice the choices to the Lord. And, and the Lord said, as Samuel said, that's not what the Lord told you to do. And Saul actually said, how did I not obey the... He, he was so steeped in humanism and doing his own thing. He didn't even get how he had violated the word of the Lord. And like in these days, it was like, I don't think I would want to live in this day. But in these days, when the word of the Lord went out... There was no, let's take a poll and see what the people feel. Amen? I mean, it went out, right? And the men said, let's get busy, right? The prophet said, get her done, baby. That's how they said it in the south of Israel. Get her done, right? 
on the south side. Well, that's not what was in the heart of humanity. In fact, we just studied in Revelation this uh, past a month or so. We've been finished now for a couple weeks. And in, in, in uh, Revelation 17, verse 5, it says, On her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitution, or prostitutes and of the detestable things of the earth. Babylon the Great. This is very interesting that you find Revelation 17 18, you have this Babylon coming up again, Babylon the Great, because Babylon is actually spoken of early on in Scripture, about middle ways. If you go back even further, you get into Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 15, this is the way it reads. From the day you were created, you were blameless in your ways until wickedness was found in you. In other words, this was Ezekiel speaking on Satan as he's cast down, speaking about him. You were perfect in your ways until wickedness was found in you. And then he goes on and begins to talk about how he was cast down. This is when he attributed himself to be equal with God. So he wanted worship to come to him. Humanism is when we equate ourselves to be equal with God and we begin to worship ourselves. We worship our decision. See, anytime I make a decision that supersedes or trumps God's decision, I bring worship to myself and exalt my intellect, my decision. And we, you know what? The truth is, if you're watching this, if you're here this morning, I'm speaking to people who are not actively looking to violate the Word of God. You actually, your heart posture is to hear what the Lord is saying, to be in corporate worship, to, to propel and fund the mission of the gospel going forth in a local city and our, our foreign mission mandate, Israel, to, to see people come to Jesus in all of these regions. That's, that's your heart's desire. That's why you're here. But sometimes we can get mm, so caught up in the routine that we fail to hear what God said. And when the prophet comes and says, what is the bleeding of sheep that I hear in my ears? We go, what do you mean? What are you, Samuel, what are you talking about? P PK, what are, what are you preaching about, man? I'm doing my best out here. You kidding me? I'm working. I'm giving. I'm serving. I love people. I help little ladies across the street. I don't know what else to do. I buy those Girl Scout cookies. And then they're all like, great. But I get those Girl Scouts cookies right. And I dunk them in milk. And before long, I've eaten four boxes. And I wonder why they're not that great. <laughs> I eat too many of them. It's like Krispy Kreme when the kids sell them. I just, told, I just told them last year, don't bring me donuts. I'll give you money. Please don't give me the donuts. Just, just take the money and go. Amen? <laughs> I bought a dozen last year. I'm going to confess. Got a half gallon of milk because you can't eat Krispy Kreme without milk. Got two donuts out. Put them 10 seconds in the microwave. Not 15. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> Not four. You're wasting your time. And I ate those two donuts. I felt Jesus in that place. <laughs> I ate two more. 
You know where I'm going. I ran out of milk. I had an empty box of donuts. Why? Because I began to worship the donut. <laughs> began to worship. What's interesting about um, going back to that origins of humanity is Genesis chapter 10, the Tower of Babel, is located about 50 miles south of Baghdad. It's Babylon. I, why are y'all up here? You're sneaking up like it's on. My Lord. You just go ahead and play. I'm going to preach. All right. In Genesis 10, I'm going, to, I'm going to catch up real quick. Genesis 10, you can go back and read this later. I want to read to you Genesis 11. But Cush fathered Nimrod, who began to be powerful in the land. He was powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord. That actually means in the Hebrew that he was rebellious in, in the sight of the Lord. It's very interesting. His kingdom started with Babylon. Verse 11 says, And from the land he went to Assyria and built Nineveh. Have you read these stories in the Bible? Jonah was sent to Nineveh. This is the area. Nimrod was his name. He was a descendant of Noah. He was actually uh, the great-grandson of Noah. A, quote, mighty warrior or a rebellious one in the sight of God. He built this city we call Babylon. Now, what's interesting is 2001, this area in the biblical terms is Mesopotamia in, in Iraq. We actually found the gates of Ishtar. And this is part of the, well, um, we were over there in Desert Storm and and. Consequently, thereafter, the military was very ginger around some of these areas because there was great historical value that they had found but not exhumed. They found the gates of Ishtar. You know who Ishtar was? Ishtar was one of the gods that they worshipped in this day. This is what's interesting. Ishtar and Tammuz was actually the goddess of love and fertility in that Babylonian era. Later, the Canaanite period came and they worshipped the same spirit, but they named that God Ashtoreth and Molech. If you go into your Old Testament, you'll read about Molech. The Egyptians began to worship Isaac and Horus. It's the same spirit. It's a different God. The God of love and fertility. In fact, the word Easter derives from this, the roots back to Ishtar. Now, I'm not saying we're like, we're not going to have Easter this year. That's what I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it actually derives from there. It's amazing how much stuff still lingers from the past. The Greeks adopted that spirit, but they renamed it Epaphrodites and Eros. The Romans adopted that spirit, but they named this god Venus and Cupid. Isn't that amazing? Same spirit. Same thing. Out of the 404 verses in Revelation, 278 refer back to the Old Testament. Back to the Old Testament. Why? Because where we end is a shadow of where we begin. Why do we study the Old Testament? Because it's a type and shadow of what's actually happening now in the New Testament. In this dispensation and age. Revelation 17 and 18 actually talks about this spirit of Babylon. It actually talks about this end time that will come upon 
the earth. At Babel in Genesis chapter 11, they actually built a tower. It was, it was not like the, the leaning tower of, uh, uh, in, in Italy, right? It's not like that. It was like a ziggurat. In fact, we have a picture. That's the gates of Ishtar. That's it. A ziggurat. And, and they built, this is what it actually looked like. And so when you go back and read it, it says that they built this tower and said, let us make a name for ourselves. Verse 4. Let us make a name for ourselves. And the Lord came down and looked over the city and the tower and the humans and what they were building. And the Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people having the same language, then nothing they plan to do is impossible. You see, what they were actually building was a tower. It, we, we teach our children they were building a tower to the stars. They wanted to get to God. But really what they were building is a tower that focused on the stars because they worshipped the gods. All of them. The gods of the stars, gods of the earth. They were more in tune with the spiritual realm than we are. We cancel all that and go, well, there's, there's only one God, good God and bad devil. That's the, the whole spirit world has been reduced down to that. Let me tell you, there are demon hordes of hell that outnumber us. These demons are subject to these gods. I don't want to go too deep and mess you up in your theology. They're subject to these gods. And your forefathers, the people of humanity, all the way back to Babel. Babel is not just a story. It's the place where people begin to worship the gods. It's the place where their humanity took, play, uh, took first position. And watch this. We want to make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered around the earth. Genesis 1.28 God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops to the sky. And let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. You know what this is? This is the worship these spirits it begins to control humanity to do their own thing see when God calls us to be holy he is calling us to separate ourselves from everything that is not like him everything and I need to come sit on the front row because I wrestle with this just like you do I wrestle with turning a, I get a good, get, get a good movie on, you get about three quarters of the way through, and they start using the name Jesus in vain, and it's like, oh, I gotta turn this off. Why? Because his name is holy, and they're blaspheming. But I'm, I'm halfway through the movie. It doesn't matter, he's holy. And I'm gonna be like him, he's my king. So I have to jettison everything that's not like him. I have to aggressively protect my computer. You men say amen. I have to aggressively protect my eyes and keep a covenant with the Lord. You men say amen. You ladies say uh-huh. You too. I have to aggressively protect my heart 
for out of it flows the issues of life, ladies. Jealousy, uh-huh. Anger, resentment, bitterness, revenge. Oh yeah? I'll show him when he comes home, I tell you. You you already got that argument lined out, man. Bullet points. Footnotes, you got them all. You can quote back all the way to 2013. You know when we were there on a Tuesday night, it was 614, and I know what you were wearing. You know all the story. Why? You're, you're, you're programmed. Get, get it out. Get it out. Why? Because it's humanity. It's you bringing yourself down to earth saying, I am God. I'll handle this myself. It, it goes back to this area. Babylon. Revelation 17, 18, the mixture of religion and a political world system. This last day move of the Antichrist will operate through a religious system. It is my firm belief that the roots of Islam are in Babylon. It is my belief that Islam will be that religious vehicle that is mixed with that political world system. You say, Pastor Ken, we, we got, we've got some Muslims in our community. Yeah? I'm just telling you what the Bible teaches from the origins and where it teaches we're going. From the origins of the beginning to where we're going. Do you guys know Muhammad when he was searching for an experience, went to the Kaaba in Saudi Arabia, this, this holy place, and he went looking for a god. Now there were 300 or so different gods there, and there he actually chose to be Allah, to be the supreme one, the moon god. He chose the moon god who is married to the sun goddess and the stars are their daughters. Have you ever wondered about the crescent moon and star on the Islam flag? What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that this is the same god that goes back to Ishtar. It is the same spirit that goes back to Babylon. And that is the place of man's heart became rebellious toward God's word and began to worship themselves. And that this is tied into it. It is rebelling against who Jesus is. He is not a prophet. He is Messiah. He is Mashiach. He is the Messiah. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Why was God upset then? Why is he upset with us today? I'm still dealing with sin. I'm still dealing with this issue of sin in our hearts. Because they defiled Genesis 9-1. They wanted to make themselves known. It was the place where they began to practice idolatry. Do you know in 1961 the U.S. Supreme Court actually recognized humanism as a religion in America? Oh, we've been sick for a long time. Recognize humanism as a religion. That is, it is my religion to worship myself. But they weren't the first. 
not just to recognize it or to identify it, it actually goes back to this very area of Babylon, to Babel. It goes back in the origins of your scriptures to Genesis 10, Genesis 11. What are you saying, Pastor Ken? I'm saying that I believe as we near the end times that you're going to see a religion continue to wax stronger and stronger that's going to dominate the other world religions. And it will be the vehicle for the political system of the Antichrist. And that religion is Islam. I'm also saying that it has its roots all the way back to Babel. But it's not just Islam which started some 600 plus years after Christ had come and gone. But it's the spirit, hear me now, it's the spirit there that has its roots all the way back to Babel. And I'm lastly saying this, that if we're not careful, we love Jesus, give to support the mission, serve to support the mission, worship, pray, believe, do all these things. If we're not careful, in just one stroke, just one day, we can turn the word of the Lord in, into something that's invalid and we can choose our own desire, our own way, what we think is best. And I know God says to forgive and that vengeance is mine, but I'm going to handle this myself and then I'll turn it over to God. We can in a moment of weakness say, I know, but my needs aren't getting met. And so I'm going to meet my needs myself in just one moment. I I know God says to give but I'm going to hold this back and I'm going to do something else with this money and one day I'll give out of the surplus of it I know in a moment we can forget that it's God's word and it's eternal and you cannot violate it it is truth and it is foundation and if you step off of it and step into your own intellect you are stepping into humanism that is not new to the human heart it's 6,000 plus years old and it's plaguing the heart of humans and Americans today do what's right in your own eyes. It's the same spirit. You know how hard it is for me to pray for our president? I don't like him. Is that political? Am I going to lose my 501c3? Blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't like his actions. I don't like some of his decisions, most of his decisions. But it's not my decision whether I pray for him. My king commanded me to pray for him. It doesn't matter that I didn't vote for him. God has seen fit through whatever means to allow him to be where he is. And I have to pray for him. I have to pray for our governor, our senators. I have to pray. I have to pray for our county commissioners. I have to pray for our mayor, our city council men and women. I have to pray. These are our leaders in our city. I think we forget sometimes that Jesus said, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. It's not what I want. It's what he wants. What does he want? What would it look like if we left today and said we rebuke humanism? We rebuke that spirit. It is no longer about what I want. It is not me you offend. I'm a dead man. I've died with Christ. 
Nevertheless, Paul says, I live. But not I. It's Christ living in me. That's what you're seeing. But you can't offend me. What would it look like if we left this place and said, it's not my... Hey, it doesn't matter what I think anymore. It just, it just matters what the Lord said. And He said, utterly destroy the Amalekite. Then utterly destroy the Amalekite. It doesn't matter what I think. If He said, men, surrender and die for your family, then every day you get up and you grab a hold of that sword and you say, I'm going to serve today like the king's man. I'm going to die for my family. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to pray for my wife. If he said it, then we do it. It doesn't matter what I think anymore. I'm surrendering to the Lord. His ways are best ways. Come on, stand. I think... We got just a minute to end because we're late anyway. So we'll just end like this. We'll end with this song. I'm going to bless you in prayer. And I want you to fight your battles this week by doing what the Lord said to do. Come on, it's the Mary theology, right? Whatever He says to do, just... Yeah, y'all thought it was Nike. Uh-uh, she done trademarked that long ago. Long before Nike came along. His Mary had it. All the women had the best stuff in the Bible anyway. Go back and look. Just go back and read it, man. I'm just telling you. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray the Word of God will be burned again into our spirits. Oh, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and illuminate our hearts and our minds. Illuminate our spirits. Give us a fire from heaven. Give us a boldness, O oh God, as your disciples, Acts chapter 4, prayed for boldness. Give us your spirit, Lord, we pray. Lord, let your word resonate in our ears. Let us not lean to the left nor the right, but keep our gaze upon you. Let us keep our eyes upon you. Our hearts postured to you. Our words only what you say, and our ears hear only what you say. Lord, we're asking for revival in us. God first. Your spirit. Your heart. Your spirit flowing in us. Your word coming from us. Leaning not. Driving into you. To do your will and way. In Jesus' name, rebuke our adversary. Give us your spirit. Give us strength. Do in us what you see fit in. Amen. Well, we hope that this message has brought you hope and encouragement, and it was just what you needed for today. If you're joining us today and we can partner with you in prayer in any way, it would be our honor. Please reach out to us by visiting our website, mycitylight.org. And lastly, if the Holy Spirit has laid it on your heart to give today, you can do that by visiting mycitylight.org and go to the giving tab or text any amount to 84321. Be blessed.